All right, everybody, welcome in another edition, a fresh edition, yards per attempt. It is the seventh day of December in the year 2020. We are getting closer to 2021. The season's wrapping up, four weeks to go. And where do I begin? Last year on this podcast, as you all know, I went to the Jet game, flat out embarrassment, and I sat here and said, we lost to the goddamn Jets. All my buddies, because I live on the East Coast over here that are Jet fans, gave me a bunch of crap because I was screaming the goddamn Jets. We almost lost to the goddamn Jets. Well, you know what? We should have lost to the goddamn Jets again. We did not deserve to win that game. I'll say it, folks. I understand in the NFL, a win is a win. I'm happy to be here at 7-5, and five, but the Raiders had no business beating the Jets. The Jets are the only team that could lose that way. We'll get into the Greg Williams call. We'll get into all that kind of stuff later on. Any other team in the National Football League doesn't lose that game, and it's a much different story if we're sitting here today at 6-6 six and six with back-to-back losses to the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets as opposed to a win, and now you play the Indianapolis Colts in basically a playoff game. The game was over. I was in studio at Sirius XM. The game was over. I was, I, I, didn't even, I was out of my brain. I was out of my mind. I didn't even know what to do with myself. I was resigned to the fact that they were going to lose to this team again. They were going to make Sam Darnold look really good again. How could this be? They were up by two scores, and now we sit here again. A loss to the Jets. I was thinking of, how. what am I going to do? How am I going to live with this all week long? Being the only team to lose to the Jets all year long. And then Greg Williams, and this is the story of the game. Both defensive coordinators, Greg Williams, who obviously lost his job today, and Paul Gunther stayed true to who they are. Paul Gunther let his defense sit in that soft-ass zone and get eaten up by two no-name running backs and Sam Darnold. And Greg Williams sent the house, cover zero, sent the house after Derek Carr and got burned. So people want to sit there and say, how could you do this? It's a tank, all that kind of stuff. No, that's Greg Williams doing exactly what Greg Williams has done his entire career. I could just picture him now on the sideline, go after, get that, you know, what car, get Bring him to the ground. Let's end this. He sent the house. Credit Derek Carr. Credit Henry Ruggs. And as my scene, it it played out, and all you can say is you totally redeemed yourself. Like one of my favorite movie lines from Dumb and Dumber. Henry Ruggs. Fumble. Interception off his hands. And he comes through with basically no time left on the clock. A ball that probably no one, no other receiver gets to except Henry Ruggs with his speed. We've been waiting for that speed. We saw it first Kansas City. We've been waiting for it all season long. Ruggs finally runs under one. So the story to me, guys, again, the defensive coordinators staying true to who they are. Greg Williams brought blitzes all game long. He was after Derek, Derek Carr's ass all day long. He was sending five, six, sometimes seven guys after Carr all game long, and he did it again at the end. 
I was watching ESPN last night. Tim Hasselback was showing a bunch of highlights of Greg Williams doing that a bunch in the past. But that's not, neither here nor there. Greg Williams is out of a job. They got burnt by it. It was a great step up in the pocket, a great throw by Carr, a great adjustment by Ruggs. Finally, a double move for a score, and he totally redeems himself. Maybe this is the juice that gets the Henry Ruggs train going. Maybe this is the, the confidence that he needs to be that focal point of the offense. As we've been sitting here and saying week after week after week, we like Nelson Aguilar. He's not the number one target. The offense should go through Darren Waller. The offense should go through Josh Jacobs. And the offense should go through Henry Ruggs. It was driving me crazy yesterday watching Ruggs back and forth, emotions, back and forth, back and forth. Run up the, up the middle with Booker for no gain. Run up the middle with Booker for one yard. Run up the, the, the middle with Booker for nothing. Driving me crazy. Get the ball in this guy's hands. And Derek Carr did a good job of it. Now let's flip it over to our defensive coordinator, who again stayed true to who he is and let his defense get gashed by the worst offense, not only in the National Football League, but one of the worst offenses when the season's going to come to an end here of all time. That scored 10 points or less four times this season, 17 points or less eight times this season. The Jets were marching up and down the field, and if it wasn't for a couple Cleveland Furl sacks, fumbles, and a couple and a Darnold interception, this game could have been out of hand in the Jets' favor because the Raiders' defense did not show up again. How many times do I have to sit here on this show and say the Raiders' defense did not show up? And the games, just they just had the same pattern. Now let's talk about Damon Arnett for a minute. Could Damon Arnett... Stop leading with his head. Can we teach this guy how to tackle? It's two games in a row now. He's throwing his body around, and we lose him for, the, for, for back-to-back games because of concussion issues. And he's a young player. You don't want that affecting his career. Nobody wants head injuries. Nobody wants to have that so young. He's got to take better care of himself. We talk about him. We talk about Abram being wild football players. Back-to-back games, your first-round pick cornerback is taking himself out of the game by throwing his head around and not making smart tackles. That can't happen. So a lot of this game, you know, played out like the Falcon game. But it's just maddening. It really is. We talked about Paul Gunther as a play caller. If you have the horses to do it and you want to sit back in the zone and you guys can make tackles, you guys can get after the quarterback with four, fine. This team can't. The linebacking, the linebacker play and safety play yesterday was a travesty. They play like that versus the Colts or any other good team, they're going to get smoked. Smoked. I mean, Sam Darnold literally, he plays his best football against the Raiders. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe he loves playing against that zone. Darnold plays well against the Raiders. Carves him up. And then when Frank Gore goes out of the game, you're like, can't let Frank Gore beat us. Frank Gore beat us. As soon as Frank Gore went out of the game, two guys you never heard of came in and we were gashing the Raiders' run defense. Gashing it. We had Mo Hurst back. We have Hankins, who's supposed to be a good run stuffer. Furl back. I, I don't understand it. The Jets' offensive line isn't great. They have a, a Mekhi Becton as a high draft pick at left tackle. Yes, he's good in the run game. Raiders' defenders were getting blown off the ball, but it's the same, same Story. 
There's no change to it. You want to criticize Greg Williams for all-out blitzing Derek Carr and getting burnt? I'd rather all-out blitz and, and let a guy get beat man-to-man than sit back in a soft zone and get picked apart by Sam Darnold, Josh Adams, and whoever else is playing running back for the, for the New York Jets. It's infuriating. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do this each and every week with the talent on this roster on defense and expect better results. That's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. It's not there. The horses are not there. Yeah, they got to the quarterback a little bit yesterday. Fine. But it's the same thing over and over versus a Jet team that was so bad offensively, they're going to go down as one of the worst offensive teams in NFL history. You had the coach during the week saying he didn't do enough to develop a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. And then you let them move the ball and go up and down the field on you. It brings me to, I don't want to go into off-season mode here already. Obviously, the playoffs are right in front of us. But the two biggest needs, okay, sorry, three biggest needs in the off-season for this football team. In my opinion, it's a new defensive coordinator. They need to go in a different direction. I understand no matter who they bring in, it's the same story. Paul's got to go. Someone, We need a new, a new face, someone in there. Look what Patrick Graham is doing for the New York Giants. The New York Giants, Pat Kerwin brought this up today on our show. New York Giants are rolling out there with fourth and fifth round linebackers, undrafted guys, and that team's playing with intensity and fire, and their defense is killing people out there. Killing people. They just went to Seattle and beat the Seahawks. They're physical. Our defense just sits back waiting to die. So number one, Paul Gunther. Let's, let's go in a different direction. Number two is safety. The safety play on this football team is just not good enough. It's not. I know we were missing Abram yesterday. He's a big part of it. I know he's the tone setter. You guys want to come and, and maybe disagree with me a little bit that if Abram was there, it'd be different. Fine. Abram's going to be a good player. He's going to be around here for a long time. They need a true center fielder. They need a guy back there that's a ball hawk that's going to make the play when it matters. They haven't had that since Woodson left. They need a true center field, Minka Fitzpatrick type safety. And the third is interior pass rush. There has been absolutely no interior pass rush all year long. Maybe in the Kansas City game a little bit, the first Kansas City game, when the guys came off the practice squad and were, were getting after Patrick Mahomes a little bit, great. There is absolutely no, well, first of all, there's no pass rush by anybody. I mean, yesterday, Phil did a good job. Max has been decent this year. The pass rush is ab abysmal, horrible. But the interior pass rush, it's bad enough if you're not going to get after the quarterback in the passing game. But if you're going to get beat up in the running game like you did last week, uh, yesterday, it's even worse. Malik Collins, total bust. I can't wait to ease off the roster. Hurst came coming back from injury, fine. Hankins is supposed to be good against the run. He's not really a pass rusher. This team needs, you know what this team needs? You're going to watch it on Sunday. This team needed a DeForest Buckner, that type of player, that type of impact player. And you know what? The Colts gave up a first-round pick for it. And you don't think the Raiders could have gave up one of their first-round picks to get a guy like DeForest Buckner? Yeah, you're going to have to pay him. Sure. You're going to have to give him money that was similar to, to Khalil Mack. He's a really good player. But you know what? He's turned that Colts defense around. He's a difference maker. When he missed one game getting on the COVID uh, list, the Colts got shredded. Comes back, they're a top unit. You need that war daddy inside, desperately. This team 
needs that guy. I know we talk about it all offseason long. This guy we want, that guy we want. This team needs it desperately because they have. there is absolutely no pressure coming from the middle of the field on that defensive line. All right, I don't want to get into full offseason mode. I know there's a long offseason. We could sit here all day long and talk about the players we want, and we'll have all that time in the world. Let's flip it over to the offense a little bit. I'm 13 minutes into this podcast, and I haven't I mentioned his name, but could we just give a freaking... I mean, Darren Waller is amazing. This dude, I tweeted it out yesterday. If it's not for Travis Kelsey, who is really, really good and probably a future Hall of Famer at tight end, Darren Waller is the best tight end in football. He is unbelievable. He is a matchup nightmare. No one can cover this dude. No one. Thank God the Jets didn't want to double him, didn't want to bracket him, didn't want to do any of those things. He did anything he wanted to yesterday and probably had a, a touchdown when he did that out and up in the third quarter. Derek just missed him. He could have had his third touchdown in the game. He could have went for 250. Just props to Darren Waller. Props for the Raiders giving him that opportunity to shine. And you know what? Props for him for turning it around. For turning his life around. We all know the story, drugs, all that kind of stuff. He beat it. He turned his freaking life around, and he is one of the best players in the NFL. The Raiders struck more than gold. What's higher than gold with Darren Waller? He is the best tight end, if not for Travis Kelsey, in the National Football League, and it's not even close. You saw after Ruggs dropped that inter- the interception went off his hands. Carr's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw it to Darren Waller all day. It's a great game plan. Waller is going to be open most of the time. There is not a linebacker or safety that can cover him one on one. So hats off to Darren Waller. He is unbelievable. One of my favorite players on the Raiders. There's no way around it. He is just a beast. I complain about Paul Gunther being soft and being conservative, but the head coach is so conservative as well. We sit here every week and say the same thing. And maybe it's the play call coming in. We're not in those meetings. We don't see it every day. I understand that. I, uh, maybe he gives the call to Derek and Derek takes the short option. We don't know that. But it's 24 to 13. The defense forces a three and out. We don't get a lot of those. Three and out. Get the ball back. I want a shot taken. I want first or second down to be rugs up the middle in the seam or, a, you know, Waller going down the sideline. I want to go for the jugular. This team doesn't go for the jugular on offense. 24-13, you score a touchdown there, game's over. Game, set, match. You could start putting the backups in. The Jets aren't coming back from that. The game, the game is over. This team doesn't have the killer instinct on offense sometimes, and I just don't understand it. I don't understand it on defense when you let teams just pick you apart. I don't understand on offense. They should have been five wide all game shredding this, this Jets secondary that is, is rolling out there with the other Lamar Jackson, an undrafted free agent, and a bunch of nobodies. Darrell Revis isn't, isn't walking through that door. Revis is not back there. They should have been shredding them all game long. And in that situation, when it's 24-13 and you have a really, you have the worst team in the NFL on the ropes, take a shot. Send Ruggs down the field. Maybe get a pass interference. Maybe he busts one and the, and the game's over. Send Aguilar. Do something. But you can't with the consistency. You can't with the, the conservative play calls. And let's, let's 
you know, try to run the ball and set the tone and all that kind of stuff. I, 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 that's not going to get you far in the playoffs. That might not get you into the playoffs. It used to drive me crazy when this team would get up by a decent amount, when you get up by two scores, and, and Gruden's just, you know, run, 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 cloud of dust, let's punt it. That's all well and good if you have a really, really good defense. Our defense is terrible, horrible. You can't trust them as far as you can throw them. You need the offense on the field doing what they have to do. I want to see more, what's the word? I want to see more fire from, I want the old Chucky to come back and just say, let's step on their neck and let's put it out of reach. Don't let these bad teams hang in. You let bad teams hang in, bad things happen. Case in point, yesterday, the Jets go down the field and take a lead and you need a Hail Mary to beat them. I want to see more shots down the field when they have the game almost wrapped up and they can put it out of reach. Put it out of reach. Step on their neck. All right. I asked you earlier, you guys earlier today on social media, some of the names for the play. A lot of these, if you go down the list, you know, the, the, the one that Kyler had earlier this year, I wanted some names. The two that are my favorite. I love, I don't know why it made me laugh and chuckle out, uh, out loud. I like the tank Mary because as you all know, everyone's going to say the tank, Greg Williams did a purpose. It, it has a kind of ring to it, the tank Mary. And the one that kind of made me really laugh out loud, cover zero made rugs a hero. Now it's a little bit too long for a Hail Mary type name. I know a lot of you said MetLife miracle. I'm, I'm cool with that. And that's probably what it'll go down, but cover zero made rugs a hero unbelievable i still don't know if i could isn't this and this is kind of my point that i want to bring it to here it's just life as a raider fan life as a football fan in general it is such a freaking roller coaster of emotions it's just the ups the downs i i blame me i was out there tweeting fire everybody and i stand by it if they lost to the jets yesterday someone needed to get fired a player, a coach, someone needed to lose their job. To, you went out there and lost to that football team. But just the, the role of it's football. This is why we love sports. This is why all of us watch sports, listen to podcasts like this, and do different things. Because we love sports for what it is at its core. But you get so high during the highs and so low during the lows. They lost to the Jets. This would have been a bad week. It's 18 days before Christmas. We're supposed to be happy. I understand 2020's got a lot of crap going on. But we're supposed to be in a, a better mood, a chipper mood. They lost to the Jets. Man, I, I, I don't even know. I really, really, really don't even know. It's just life. And it maybe it's every fan base. And I, I kind of feel the Raiders fans and Jet fans are kind of similar. Again, I'm an, I'm an East Coast guy, so I've lived it my entire life. The Jets fans are are just tortured souls. They've been through so much. And for me to hear from them and on local radio that this was like the, you know, this is like the Joe Pisargic fumble at the Meadowlands type moment for the Jets. That's saying something. That's saying something. That you root for a team and this is just one of the, the, the worst moments ever. And we were on, on the other side of it. The Raiders don't come on the other side of it a lot. They really don't. Usually they're on the short end of the stick, and they should have been yesterday. All right, let's do a little bit of stock up, stock down. Something new to the podcast. Stock up, stock down. 
stock up. I mentioned him a couple of times. Cleveland Farrell, back from the COVID list. Looking like the number four pick in the draft. Let's be honest. Two strip sacks, and I understand it's Sam Darnold, but he beat Mekhi Becton on one pretty bad. A pretty high draft pick for the Jets. So it's good to see him not only back and contributing, because we know he's a good run play, uh, player, but in the in on passing downs, getting sacks, it just seems like his sacks come in bunches, right? He has none, and all of a sudden he gets two in a game, and he's got old buddy Philip Rivers coming to town. Philip Rivers. I can't wait to talk about that one. So stock up, Cleveland Farrell. Great game from him. Stock up, Trayvon Mullen. Trayvon Mullen is turning into our number one cornerback. He is our number one cornerback. I, I, I don't know why I said turning into because there's no one even else close in his stratosphere. Trayvon Mullen stock up. This guy is as solid as they come. And my biggest knock on him was that he couldn't catch the ball. He's a DB for a reason. I understand it. But he couldn't catch the cold. Now he's got picks in back-to-back weeks. He's really stepping up and coming to his own. I was wary of him as a second-round pick. You wanted to maybe see... You know, that's a DK Metcalf draft. Maybe DK, uh, I understand he's a beast, but Trayvon's really coming into his own as a player in the secondary and being the Raiders' number one option at cornerback. And my third option for stock up, and this was kind of hard. It was kind of, you know, I didn't know where to go here. But my stock up number three is Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs didn't have a great game. We mentioned the interception off his hands. We mentioned the fumble late that almost sealed the Raiders' fate. But Henry Ruggs came back. And I think this is going to be the start. I think this is going to be the, the confidence kick booster that he gets in himself and he gets from the quarterback. Because that's most important. It's, got to, the, the, it's all well and good if Henry Ruggs has confidence. But the quarterback needs to have confidence in him. And Derek's a big confidence guy. You guys know this watching him week in and week out. When he loses confidence in a player, that player ain't getting the ball. So I think... I say stock up for Henry Ruggs because I think this is a confidence boost for the quarterback and for him to get on the same page, to start clicking, to start acting like the first receiver taken in the draft and start making an impact for this offense. So three players, Cleon Farrell, stock up, two big sacks, Trayvon Mullen, a pick, the two really standouts on a defense that no one else bothered to come and play, and Henry Ruggs, stock up. Let's do stock down. Number one, Devontae Booker. And I'm not taking a shot at Devontae Booker. I thought this was going to be a big Devontae Booker game. No, Josh. I thought it was, before Josh Jacobs was even ruled out of this game, I thought this was going to be a Devontae Booker type game where Jacobs gets a couple of carries in the first half, Raiders are up a little bit, and Devontae Booker takes over. Booker didn't look like he had the juice this week for whatever reason. He just he got the opportunity to start. I thought he'd take advantage of it. Maybe it was the play calling. Maybe the Raiders just wanted to, to throw the ball more, which is fine by me. But I expected a little bit more from Devontae Booker. I expected him to have a bigger impact in the run game. He got it going a little bit early in the second half, but then it, it never really materialized. We'll see what happens with Jacobs. I know Gruden came out today and said he doesn't expect Jacobs. It doesn't look good. He didn't rule him out or anything like that. I think push comes to shove later in this week. Jacobs will be back. I think he'll practice maybe limited. I think he'll be questionable going into the game. Maybe it's a, a game-time decision. But I think this is a must, obviously must win. Every game is a must win for the Raiders. But this is a monster game. Josh Jacobs needs to be out there for the Raiders. So Devontae Booker stocked down for week number 13. 
Number two. And I, I wasn't going to put him on this list because he could be on this list every week is LaMarcus Joyner. I cannot wait to get this guy off this football team. He is such a liability. It's ridiculous. And it's not just in coverage. It's not out there just getting beat on, on plays, getting beat for touchdowns. He can't even tackle. Like, he just can't do things you, you need from the cornerback position. I thought he was going to be a good player for this football team. He has been an absolute flop. I can't wait for them to admit the mistake and move on and go in a different direction because I'm tired of seeing him out there on the field, to be honest. I really am. Stock down, number two, LaMarcus Joyner, who could be on this list every single week. And stock, three, stock down, number three, easy for me to say, is Nicholas Morrow. We've had this conversation on this podcast before. To me, Nicholas Morrow is a backup linebacker. He's a guy maybe that comes in, sub a little bit on, on third down, or on nickel packages, fine. He's getting exposed here a little bit. And I know he had the sack. He, you want to bring him in and, and let him blitz? Fine, let him do that. He's just not, it's the same story for guys in the secondary. I love Eric Harris. I like Jeff Heath. They're not starters. They're not supposed to be out there and start in a starting capacity. You need bigger contributions from different players or different players in general. Nicholas Morrow's got the opportunity while Littleton missed the game, and he really didn't give it back. He had that one really, really good game. But Nicholas Morrow, to me, is just a guy. He's just a guy out there. He doesn't really, he doesn't give me anything. He doesn't give me the juice from the linebacker spot that we need. So stock down number three, Nicholas Morrow. Devontae Booker, LaMarcus Joyner, Nicholas Morrow. I could put the whole defense on here. Stock down for the entire defense. Stock thrown out the window for the defensive coordinator if I wanted to. But we'll, we'll do this little fun exercise every week, a little stock up, stock down, and get the, uh, the feel for this football team. All right, let's look ahead to the Colt game. <laughs> I was kind of laughing to myself a little bit. Trent Brown. So I tweeted yesterday, Trent Brown wasn't on the inactive list. And all of a sudden, everybody started scrambling. Is Trent Brown playing? Is he active? Is he active? Somehow, Trent Brown ended up on the exempt list that nobody knew existed. So he was out. Fine. He didn't play last week. He's off that exempt list now. This is the week that Gruden pinpoint for Trent Brown to come back. They need Trent Brown back in the worst way. The Colts, like I said before about DeForest Buckner and those guys, have a really, really, really good defensive line. Danico Autry, former Raider in there. I'm sure he's going to be pretty juiced up to play his former team. They need Trent Brown back now. They need Sasquatch back. Is he going to play? I don't know. Why do I call him Sasquatch? Sometimes you see him. Sometimes there's reports that people see him out. Sometimes there's pictures of him on the practice field. But most of the time, you don't see him. I need to see it from my own eyes. I don't know if he's going to play. I really don't. As I sit here tonight, I have no idea. It's early. The game's not for six days. They need him to be back out there. Just like they need Josh Jacobs to be back out there, they need Trent Brown back, mauling people at right tackle. As much as I make fun and, and crack jokes at, at his expense, and he dealt with a lot, I'm not saying it, but this season's been such a roller coaster. They need him back in the lineup to beat the Colts. It should be a fascinating matchup. Like I said, Phillip Rivers. This team knows Phillip Rivers better than anybody. But the Colts have been doing a good job of running the ball. Naheem Hines is a problem, a problem. Naheem Hines on Nicholas Morrow out of the backfield is going to be a problem for the Raiders all day long. Really big problem. 
if they don't have an answer for it. It's a fascinating... You beat the Colts, you're cooking with gas. You beat the Colts, it puts the last two stinkers, and don't get me wrong, yesterday was a stinker because they should have lost to the Jets. You beat the Colts, get the eight and five, put yourself right back in that playoff mix, and everything from the last two weeks washes away. You beat a team. Take care of business at home. Beat Phillip Rivers like you've done before. You know what kind of quarterback he is. You know what he's made of. But injury is going to play a big part of what happens here. Let's check back later in the week. Let's see what's going to happen. Hopefully these guys get back. Hopefully they get healthy. And let's go get a W. And the Raiders pulled out a win versus the goddamn Jets. I'm Eddie Borsilli. Have a good week, everybody.